Happy birthday for all y'all who've been 24 years or today's your first day. Thank you for being part of our story. Amen, amen. And uh, it has gone by really fast. Um, I'm so excited about what God has done, uh, all the lessons, all the ups and downs, but also what he's going to do. And uh, today we're going to talk about Vision, this Vision Sunday. We're going to talk about what's going to happen. Uh, we want to welcome all the campuses from City Heights to El Cajon, Chula Vista, San Marcos, Oahu. is their first anniversary today. Let's give them a big hand. Amen. Amen. Everybody online, we want to uh, say happy birthday to everybody. Thank you for everything you've done. I also want to give a special shout out. This is kind of an off topic a little bit. Our Rock Academy girls basketball team won CIF last week. Come on, church. Come on, church. Come on, church. What's up? Come on, lady ballers. Lady ballers. So anyway, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for your faithfulness. Um, Thank you so much to my wife for just being my partner in crime. Been through a lot. I love you. Bad boys for life. <laughs> We ride together, we die together. And Lord, thank you so much for being faithful. All of us have our own stories. And just, we just take a moment to say thank you, God, for our life up to this point. We all have our ups and downs, our pains, our, our victories, our struggles, but you've never left our side. And I thank you for that. And pray you encourage us today. Pray you give us clarity today. Why are we here? Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Give someone a big high five and a hug. Amen. Turn to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Love you, honey. Yay. Um, a couple, about a month ago, five, six weeks ago, I had an opportunity to go visit a owner of a multi-billion dollar company. I had met him a few years back. And he's a Christian man, a secular company. And he has these meetings with business people, ministry leaders, to talk about his story, his family, his generosity, his philosophy. And it was about two days we were there, I think it was a full day, half day on two different days, and told a lot of stories about his family. He's 82 now, and he runs his whole company, $8 billion a year or so, with no iPhone, no computer. He has a little book in the back of his pocket. He's my hero. And... He was telling all these stories about his family. Then he told one story about um, what he was going to do after he died and what, what, how he was planning to pass his company on. And, and he had um, designated certain stock to his kids, but he felt like it was the wrong thing to do. Uh, a lot of money will have a higher chance of ruining your life than blessing your life. 
And he was saying, I was going to make multi-millionaires of great grandkids that weren't even born. They were going to be born into being millionaires. And I didn't want to ruin that and ruin their relationship with God and distract it. And he was literally on the floor praying. And God said to him, um, what if this company was owned by the Jones family? His last name is not Joan, it's, it's Green. And he said, well, if, if, if I didn't own it, then I wouldn't have a decision to make because it's not mine. And God told him, I own it, it's not yours. And he, and he had to go to his sons and say, hey, here's what God told me, you need to give me back my stock. <laughs> they did, they signed the company over to God. Seven people run it. Um, no one owns anything. They simply get a salary and they, they give away half their profits, which is in the billions every year to ministry, 50%. This is the Hobby Lobby uh, organization. And uh, David Green is the owner. All this is written in books that he um, has written, told everything I just said. Uh, but when I was there, I was there a month ago, I was there like five years ago, my faith was increased. My vision was increased. And, and God said, you don't own anything. Of course, I don't own this as a nonprofit anyway, but you don't own this. You don't own your family. You don't own anything. It's all mine. And the devil has a way of deceiving us to think that we own something. That something's yours. Your hair is not yours. It's, you're going to lose it. Your young body is not yours. You're going to lose all you 20-somethings. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. You better enjoy it now. Look in the mirror every day because it's gone. <laughs> so God has entrusted all of us with what he calls the Rock Church. And he has trusted us with a vision that he gives us. It's not my church. I had a, I had a plumber over my house. And I said, hey, man, you know, I was talking to him. And I said, hey, have you, have, and I, I in the conversation, he says, oh, don't you own the Rock Church? I said, no. Because that's the, con the conception is, uh, you know, if you're a leader, it's a, but understand nonprofits, it's a nonprofit. It's owned by the people. And, and even if it was a for-profit, I wouldn't own it either. It belongs to God. Today, I want to talk about why we're here. What is this all about? Because we're all here for a finite period of time for a very specific reason that God has bestowed on us. A lot of times we miss it. And I don't mean only in this church, but it's your family, your business, and why you're on this earth. And so I want to share with you on our 24th anniversary why we are here. Because the reason that we started the church is the exact same reason that we exist today. And it's going to be the same reason 24 years from now. And I just want to help you understand that so you can opt in because the only way we can fulfill what God has called us to do, God calls us to do his vision. God calls us to fulfill his vision. Can I get amen? And, but it requires our generosity of our time, talent, and treasure to make it happen. And so we may set the vision, but the people set the pace of the vision. You fuel it with your talent, your time, and your treasure. You're volunteering, you're being on our team, you're giving money, you're giving your, your prayers and saying, I'm in. Or you can just be a consumer and watch and from the sideline and criticize when it goes the way you want and doesn't go the way you want. Or you can say, no, I'm be part of the solution. And so I want to lay this out as clearly as possible, simply as possible, why we're here. And I'm going to challenge you throughout the message to say, I'm in. I'm in with my time. I'm in with my talent. I'm in with my treasure. 
I know when I'm a, I'm a doer kind of person, I hate to sit around and just, you know, not do anything. I can't sit still. Even on my days off, I'm, I'm walking around the house like, you know, wait for this. I, I really can't not do anything. And, and God has not made us to do nothing. Matter of fact, I heard a quote the other day that aging is the desperate pursuit of comfort. I'm going to say it again. I want to sink in for you. You will age the more you sit around and relax, and the more you feed your desire to just vacation, the faster you will age. But the more you stress your body, the more you stress your cardiovascular system, your respiratory system, the stronger your body will be. That's called working out. And you see some people work out like this, they ain't in shape. <laughs> I promise you they're overweight. If you want to get in shape, you have to stress your body. If you want to learn, you have to stress your mind. And so what we want to do is say, Lord, what do you want us to do? You put us on this earth for a certain period of time, and you created work, and work is good. So what do you want us to work at? And my plea to you, all the, all the campuses, is that you would, one, understand, I'm going to try to make it as simple as possible, why we're here, and then you would say, I'm in. Because it doesn't belong to you. You're going to die and leave everything behind. There was no, you've never seen a hearse with a U-Haul behind it. It don't happen. You're going by yourself. And by the time the hearse is, by the time you see the hearse, you're gone already. And so um, there's a verse in the Bible that says, without vision, the people perish. But I'm going to read the, the message translation in Proverbs 29, 18. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves but when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. So I'm going to hopefully give you as simple as possible a clarity of what God has called us to do. And it's in three very simple words. Say, no God. Say, grown community. Say, make a difference. Uh, our vision statement is establish pervasive hope. Everyone say pervasive. Say, everyone say pervasive. Have you ever seen a picture of people at a concert and as soon as the artist walks out onto the stage, all these cell phones go up. Anybody ever see that kind of picture? I think we have a picture like that. Here, where we go? Where we go? Here we go. All these cell phones go up. And imagine if you were at a concert with a bunch of people and someone said, how many of y'all have been positively impacted by the gospel? And all these hands went up. That's pervasive. Matter of fact, in this crowd and all the campuses, if you've been positively impacted by the presence of Jesus Christ in your life, raise your hand. Amen. 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 Keep your hand up. Look around the room. That's pervasive. That's great. Now, how do we translate that to outside the church? That's the vision. A vision is a picture of your preferred future. When you think of your life five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, what does that look like in your ideal world? That's a vision. Here's Jesus' vision, Acts 1.8. It says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem, immediate city, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. What Jesus was saying is, I want you to be witnesses to me of my supernatural power, love, and forgiveness in the city you're in, the state you're in, the country you're in, and globally. That's all, all Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. All that means is everywhere. Everyone say everywhere. That's called pervasive. So our vision is that the gospel impact would be pervasive primarily here in, in the cities we're in, here in San Diego and Oahu. 
How can we get the gospel to everybody? That's it. Now, does that require people doing something? Absolutely. If you say nothing, you are not contributing or do, or let me say, say nothing, do nothing, serve nothing, give nothing. You're not contributing to that. So how do we collectively get the gospel? Um, I want you to be thinking about Easter is like in six weeks from now, something like that. March 30th, 31st, uh, Easter weekend is the 29th, is the Friday, Good Friday. March 30th is a Saturday, which happens to be my birthday, by the way. Just, just a little kind of note. And then uh, 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 March 31st is the Sunday, is Easter weekend. There are going to be millions of people in San Diego thinking, where am I going to go to church? You need to be talking to them and praying for them right now. Can I get an amen? Start planting that seed. Hey, March 31st, March 30th weekend, uh, I'm going to invite you to Easter. Can you put it on your calendar? We need to be participating in that. So God's vision is no God. Everyone say no God. Say grown community. Say make a difference. And his vision is that there will be pervasive hope that no matter where anyone was in San Diego or around the world, but for us, San Diego and Oahu, that people would know how to get the gospel. That's it. It's not complicated. So when you go to work tomorrow, when you go to school this week, that you're looking out, do they, do they know the gospel? Do they know the gospel? Do they know the gospel? I don't mean that they just get saved and that's it. They're living the gospel. They receive it. They're walking in it. They're being transformed by it. I was in the airport uh, last week, I don't remember what day, in Dallas, and I was talking to a guy who was on my plane. We were talking, and this girl walks by me. She was so cute. She was like 35 years old. She was about itty-bitty-b, itty-bitty that side. And she's walking by all, and she said, Basketball, basketball, I got saved. And I was like, stop. Stop. Come here. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. She said, I was sitting in the back and you called me out. You said I had a white ribbon in my head, bubble, and I got saved. I said, how's God been? She says, it's been awesome. My life is so different. And I was like, you just made my day. And she went to her plane. And here's what I said to her. I said, I'll probably never see you again, but God bless you. That's the gospel. It's that simple. It's that simple. So how do we do it? Make disciples. This is the mission. No God. Everyone say no God. No. Say no God. No. Grown community. No. Say make a difference. The only way that happens if we are open-handedly generous with our entire life. You may say, you guys ask a lot. No, we ask for everything. <laughs> and it's not we, it's God. When Jesus was on the cross, he wasn't, he wasn't on the cross like just kind of like this with his hands. He was like, I give you everything. God wants everything. God wants to bless everything. But he can't bless what you don't give him. And when I say give him, I don't mean give it to the rock church. I mean say, Lord, what is it that you want with my life? Everyone say, no, God. Grown community, say make a difference. Matthew 28, 18, here's the, mission of, here's the mission that Jesus gave the church. If a church has any other mission than this, that basically doesn't fit in this, they miss Jesus' own words. It says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth, and go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and then the Spirit Santo. Hey, hey. hey, Cinco de Mayo's coming. It's on a Sunday. I'm going to be preaching a sermon in Spanish. And we're going to have a translator. Come on now. Come on now. We're going to have a translator in English and in Spanish. And, and you're going to say, why would you do that? Because there's people speaking in Spanish and I just want to do it. Anyway, come on now. <laughs> 
Voy a predicar acerca del Espíritu Santo porque yo sé que el Espíritu Santo está moviendo misteriosamente a través de este lugar. So, we're going we're to get it. Come on now. What I said is I'm going to preach a sermon about the Holy Spirit and that the Holy Spirit is moving mysteriously through this place right now. And he's going to speak to your heart. Amen. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all things that I've commanded, and lo, I am with you to the end of the age. This is what Jesus said. Right before he left, he said, here's what I want you to do. Go make disciples. What is a disciple? Someone who gets saved. Say, no, God. Someone who grows in the community. Say, grown community. And then someone who takes what God is doing in their life and goes and shares with somebody else and builds the kingdom of God. Say, make a difference. That's it. If you're doing something else, you're missing it. Now, there's probably other things you're doing that fits in that. You just don't know it. But at the end of the day, first step is people need to accept Christ. No God. So I'm going I'm to read to you a passage from the book of Acts when the church started. And this is exactly what happened when the church started. Jesus died, rose from the dead, told his disciples, go make disciples, and then I'm out. And then he left supernaturally right in front of them, which was awesome. I wasn't there, but it was awesome. And then he told them, don't do anything. Do nothing. Everyone say, do nothing. <laughs> don't move from your house until the Spirit of God comes on you. And look what it says. I'm going to read. We're going to read together. Acts chapter 2, verse 39. The Holy Spirit comes. Pentecost happens. The, the disciples start speaking in tongues, and the, the gospel's going out to all the different languages. And the, and the Jews are like, what's going on? These guys are drunk. Peter preaches a sermon, and here's what he says. Verse 36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know that God has made Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ, now, when they heard this, they were cut to their heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? When people hear the gospel and the spirit of God speaks to them, they're like, what do I do? And Peter said, repent and let everyone be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And we'll say, Holy Spirit. We acknowledge that the Holy Spirit is here. It's the Holy Spirit that lives in you, not Jesus. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. He sent the Holy Spirit to do the work of salvation in your life. And it's the Holy Spirit that's moving through this room. It's the Holy Spirit that you receive in your heart. It's the Holy Spirit that transforms your life. And then it says, for the promise is to you and your children, to all who are far off, as many as the Lord God will call. Say point number one. Let's go to point number one. Know God, evangelism, know God, and make God known. The first step of us in our journey of fulfilling the mission of Jesus Christ is to preach the gospel and that people will get saved. I was in the back. Ah. I was going to tell you I was crying enough, so I'm going to cry. <laughs> Please don't miss this. Sharing your faith is probably the scariest thing people, Christians claim to do. You can pray by yourself. You can come to church, sit in the back, don't bring about whatever it is. But when it comes to actually sharing your faith with somebody, it seems to be very difficult. I'm an evangelist, so it's easy for me. We are developing training called Just One Training, where you get a little bit every Sunday when we talk about the, the, the gospel nine and the R's relationship, rebel, ruin. Please. Take ownership. Everyone say ownership. Take ownership of your responsibility to share your faith with somebody else. And I, I want to challenge and encourage all of you that you would start praying for two or three people 
that you want to be saved and that Easter is your mark, that they will come to Easter or between now and then you will share your faith with them. We are all responsible to pray, yes? We are all responsible to read our Bibles, yes? We're all responsible to serve, yes? We're all responsible to be generous with our finances, yes? And we are all responsible to share our faith. That's probably the most important thing. There's no greater love that a man can have for another man or a woman can have another woman than to die for their friends. That's what Jesus did. The most loving thing he did was to die for us. The most loving thing we could do was tell people that he did it. Therefore, the most hateful thing we could do was not tell them. Oh, that we wa- we're watching them ruin their lives and we don't trust the Holy Spirit enough to do the work of salvation in them that we would say nothing. Even, even to say something like, can I invite you to church? I was at the airport sometime recently. <laughs> I'm always at the airport. It's my jam, right? <laughs> I go to the airport, I'm like the mayor. I'm like, hey, what's up, TSA? Hey, what's up? hey how you doing? I'm a TSA, it's like, hey, we know, you just go ahead. I don't take my ID anymore. No, they do, they do. <laughs> He goes, Pastor Miles, how you doing? Can I have your ID? <laughs> this guy walks up to me at the airport. He says, hey, are you Pastor Miles on the ride? He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, he said, oh, my friend goes to your church. I said, is that right? Yeah, oh, cool. I said, what do you do? He said, well, I work in tech. I said, how long have you been working in tech? Oh, for just five years. I said, okay, do you go to church? He says, oh, no, I, haven't been, I wasn't religious growing up. Watch this. I said, so let me back up. Were you in tech when you were growing up? Here's what he did. He went, he went, oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> I said, show sure enough, bro. <laughs> I said, nine o'clock Sunday, well, I'll see you there. <laughs> Listen, no, no confrontation, just a little, just a little Q&A, just question. I was, I was at the restaurant the other day, and, and, and me and my wife at the restaurant. That, me, me and my wife, that's our thing. We go to restaurants. We sit around. That's, that's our big splurge. And the lady, uh, I said, hey, to the, to, the, to, the, to the waitress, hey, you go to church. She said, oh, no, I wasn't religious growing up. Same thing. I said, you know, religion is man's failed attempt to get to God. All the religions in the world are people trying to get to God, get to God, get to God, because God made us for a relationship. But we broke that relationship with our sin. So we're trying to get to God, and all religions fail. So it doesn't matter that you're religious, because we, you couldn't get to God anyway. But Jesus came down to us, which is Christianity. That's the difference. So I'm not religious either. I'm a Christian, I'm a relationship. That lady was standing right there at the altar a couple weeks ago. Amen, come on now. We are gonna put a full court press on getting the gospel to young people. I'm gonna read some stats to you. 55% of teenagers were emotionally abused by a parent or caregiver. 11% 11% were physically abused. From 2007 to 2001, suicide rates um, from 10 to 24 rose 62%. Nearly half of teens have been bullied or harassed online. 94% of adult Christians made the decision for 18 years old. 94% of people who got saved did so when they were 18 years old. 70% will leave their faith when they go to college. Ooh. Um, years ago, I used to do Miles Ahead Crusades, and we have a picture of one of them here in San Diego, and there were youth crusades. And we did them at the sports arena. This is at the uh, Open Air Theater in Tula Vista. That's what it was called back then. We had sports arena. We did it in Canada, Africa, Caribbean, um, uh, uh, and all throughout the United States. 
and then we started the church and kind of got away from it. Well, June 26th is coming back. And we're, we're going to be, amen, come on, come on, come on. We'll have a different name for it, but um, it's going to be at SDSU at the Open Air Theater. And we'll tell you who the bands are and the worship team. We're just about to sign that contract, but once we do that, we'll let you know. But uh, our, our goal is, is share the gospel. That's it. These kids are going to get saved. We're going to train Christian kids before, youth leaders before, go out and share the gospel. Because the one thing that's going to save people's souls is Jesus Christ. And so what are we going to need? Volunteers. We're going to need money. If you've got, you got a sound light company, because we've got to rent sound light video equipment, it's going to cost a lot of money, you can help us out. But if we come together, this is just step one. We got to get the gospel. And my challenge to all of you, whether you're involved in that or not, it's in June, we'll, you'll hear plenty of information about it, is that the people in your life, the people that God has put in your life, you're in this church to hear the gospel and to be challenged to share it, and the people God put in your life is that you are the conduit to them. Now, you can bring them here and they get saved, fine, but don't let the opportunity pass you by to get the gospel to them. I am standing here because two strangers in a department store cold called me and shared the gospel with me. Two strangers, two Charles Manson hippie looking dudes, bummy, beers, beat up Bibles, just said, I'm gonna go talk to that guy. And they came up to me and in five, 10 minutes, they were reading the Bible to me. And I remember looking down at the Bible and just the spirit of God just there, bam. That's why I'm standing here in front of you. And so I, I don't overthink it. The gospel does the power. It's the power of God unto salvation for everybody who believes. The gospel does the power. You just need to speak the words. Share the Bible. Number one is, is know God. Next, next two is grown community. Say grown community. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. It says, after these 3,000 people got saved, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in the breaking of bread and prayers. Get in a small group. If you could take out your phone real quick, please take out your phone real quick if you can. If I can ask you to do that politely as I can while I'm, my adrenaline's flowing. Will you mind taking out your phone? I think we have a QR code that's going to go up on the screen. If not, uh, next steps. Text next steps. Can you put that on the screen? To 52525 and, and, and join a group. We want to get as many of you in a group as possible because in August, we are going to take all the groups in the church through evangelism training, through a just one training. And I promise you when you go through that training, you're going to be like, I can do this. You will be able to do it. You will be able to do it. Amen? And number three, make a difference. Everyone say make a difference. Identify and leverage your spiritual gifts. It says in verse chapter 2, Acts 2, 43, it says, Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Uh, if you text next steps to 52525 and serve on a team. Get on a team. We need another thousand or so, and that number may be exaggerated, but I believe it's pretty close, uh, team members to serve in all the campuses. Because when people come here, we want to be able to serve them. On Easter, we're going to have thousands of more people who come here for that day. We need to serve them. And that's you. So if you're sitting there, if you're in church and saying, I'm not really doing anything, okay, now's your opportunity. Get in a group. Learn to lead a group. Start sharing your faith. Start um, come to an encounter, uh, a meeting to have an experience with the Holy Spirit. But do something. Don't... This is just hello. 
<laughs> Sunday. Hello, how you doing? What's up? How you doing? Get the word, be encouraged, hopefully get taught something, but then say, now nah, I got to go use it. Can I get an amen? Now, one of, my, one of my things I love to do is pray for healing, and I only got a few minutes, so I just want to do it really quick. How many of y'all got an ailment? Anybody got an ailment? Raise your hand really high, really high. Oh, very good. I'm not very good that you have an ailment, but raise your hand really high. Let me see your elbow above your ear. All the campuses, very good, very good. And so you can put your hands down. The Bible says, look what the Bible says. It says, they fear came upon every soul and wonder because they were signs and wonders were done signs and wonders. When the Holy Spirit comes in your life and changes you, that's a wonder. <laughs> I used to do cocaine. I don't anymore. I stopped it one day. That's a wonder. That's a miracle. Can I get an amen? I used to smoke weed. and I don't smoke weed anymore. Ain't that amazing? Can I get an amen? I used to, you know, chase the honeys. Now I got one wife for 40-something years. Can I get, can I get an amen? Amen. Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> and it's a wonder. My wife didn't kill me in that process. That's a wonder. Can I get an amen? Amen. <laughs> So when you think about signs and wonder, all these no miracles, the fact that you can be forgiven of your sin is a miracle. So don't trip out that God can heal your knee. So real quick, let's pray for healing real quick. Close your eyes and bow your head. Just, I just, it's not, it's, if, if you have something in your body that is ailing you, Eyes closed, heads bowed on all the campuses. If you have something in your body that you can feel right now, it's like a knee or ankle, uh, a hip, your back, and, and you can feel it. Just raise your hand right now. Just raise your hand and wave your hand. Okay, 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 good. Okay, good. Okay, put your hands down. Now, well, I'm going to pray in a minute, and then I want you to notice if God healed it, because we believe he can heal it right now. Do you believe? Say amen if you believe it. Very good. Okay, so I'm just going to wait for 15 seconds. I haven't prayed yet with you, but I prayed for you and you prayed. I just want you to notice that God healed it. Just feel it, move your shoulder, move your leg. Say, man, I, I think he healed it. If you feel like he healed it already, just raise your hand up really high. Raise your hand if you feel, oh, look at all the hands. Now, why is that? It wasn't because it's not the magic of my prayer. There's no magic. It's the spirit of God. Lord, I pray you touch people's bodies right now. I pray you heal them. I pray you comfort them. I pray you encourage them. I pray you do what you do, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you feel like, hey, wait a minute, I think I feel something better, just raise your hand up really high and we can see you. God bless. Matter of fact, I'm going to ask you because I believe God does this. Just stand up so the rest of us can really see. Stand up if you feel like God done something in your life. Very good. God, God bless you. 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 You can stand down. You can sit down. Now, let me tell you something. These aren't paid actors. I don't know these people. And you're like, well, how could that be? God is so much. I was talking to someone yesterday. They were in Hawaii watching the whales jump. And this lady said, I felt like my life was so insignificant seeing how big the world is. And I said, imagine how insignificant your problems are. To God. Don't put God in a box. So here's what we're going to do now. We're going to take our offering because we've challenged you to say we're going to help people know God all over the world, specifically here in San Diego. And I'm going to ask everybody not to leave yet. We still have a few things to do. We want to, want to make sure we get everything executed. We want people to know God. Everyone say know God. We want all y'all to Get, get in community, get in a small group so we can get to know each other and invest in each other. And then we want to go make a difference. Get on a team and serve. 
And if we do that, we will establish pervasive hope in San Diego and beyond. That's what we're here for. Part of that is you being generous with your time, your talent, and your treasure. We need your time. We need your connections. We need your wisdom. We need it. We can't do it without it. There's, there's, there's no else place to get it. We're not selling cookies. We're not selling hot dogs. <laughs> it comes from you saying here. I told you the story in the beginning of Hobby Lobby. Dave Green is the owner, and, and he's the guy who's 82-year-old patriarch. I said, we are going to give our company to God, and 50% of everything we make is going to go to ministry. And if when I die, they sell the company, 90% goes to ministry. No one gets it. That's a step of faith. Am I asking you to do that? No. I'm asking you to do whatever God tells you. I have been challenged to get to the point where I could do 50%. That's personally me, and I'm trying to figure that out. Because, Lord, I said, Lord, I just want to I, I be emptied. And the more God empties you, the more he can fill you back up. And I want all that God has for me. How many of y'all want all that God has for you? Amen? And so we're going to pray for our offering. And some of y'all, you've been here for a while. You don't give. It's time to start giving. Let God bless your finances. Because if you hold it on to it, the Bible says you're stealing because it's not yours. But he says that if you give of your tithe, he says, watch me open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessing on you that you can't even handle it. How many of you want blessing that God can't, that you can't handle? Amen. Amen. So we're going to pray. Um, bow your heads and, and pray. And pray with me. Lord, I thank you so much for your faithfulness. I thank you so much for your goodness. 24 years, God, is not even a half a blink to you. But to us, it's half a lifetime. We want to be faithful with today. We want to be faithful with our life, our time, our talent, our treasure. We want to be faithful and generous. Generous is not doing you a favor. It's giving you back what is yours so we can secure your favor. So I pray your favor on everybody here and everybody in all our campuses who are going to give today. Lord, there's some people who are going to give for the first time. There's some people who are going to commit to giving now for the first time. And then there's some people who have been giving, but they're here and you say, you want more. Make that clear to them so they do it because they feel the Lord telling them and no one else. Thank you for your faithfulness. Bless the offering and the tithes. In Jesus' name, amen.